Hey guys, thank you so much for joining us for the NCC podcast. God is doing so many great things in our community, and I trust that he's doing great things in your life as well. And I trust that God is going to speak to you through this message. Awesome. Are you glad to be in church today? It's so good to see you this morning. Are you ready to get into the word of God? Come on. Come on. We've been in our series, Divine Design, mm. and today is our third conversation in this series. Maybe you remember we kicked off by discussing Psalm chapter 1, and I'll paraphrase. It likens the one who delights in the Word of God, God's divine design, as being like a tree. Yes. <laughs> Planted by the river, bearing fruit, prospering in everything it does. This is a picture of a tree that is living well. How many of you want to live well this year? Come on, not just live, but live well. I do too. And you know, just like the tree has to remain connected to the source in order to live well, it's the same with you and me. For us to live well, we have to remain in Christ. Yeah. Jesus said it himself in John 15, 4. He said, remain in me and I in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. We were designed for dependence. We were designed to live well by remaining in Christ. If that's the way for us to live well, then the question is, how do we remain in Christ? Did you know that Jesus actually points to the Last Supper as holding the key to remaining in him? That's where we're going to base our discussion this morning. Uh, we're going to read from Luke 22, 17 through 19. And just to set this up for a minute, Jesus is sitting down with his disciples for a very important meal. We call it the Last Supper supper okay this meal is significant it is attached to the greatest act in human history Jesus death and resurrection so everything about the last supper actually is divinely designed to teach us something about Jesus and in it we see the key to remaining in him let's read starting in verse 17 after taking the cup he gave thanks. Everyone say that after me. Gave thanks. And said, take this, divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread and gave thanks. Say it again. And broke it and gave it to them, saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. The title of our message this morning is Divine Design, The Key to Living Well. The Key to Living Well. You were designed to live well by remaining in Him, and we remain in Him by staying thankful for what He did. Let's pray. God, we thank you for what you did for us. Lord, we're all here because of what you did. God, I thank you for the cross. I thank you for the forgiveness of our sins. I thank you for redemption. Lord, I thank you for eternal life. God, we come before you this morning with grateful hearts. God, I thank you that we have that power to command our hearts to be grateful. 
So, Father, we ask that you would do a work in us, whatever we walked in here with, God. I pray that you would teach us from your word, transform us by the power of your Holy Spirit. God, we're ready to do what only you can do. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Amen, amen. Divine design, live well. Last week we talked about looking up to Jesus. Look up, get your eyes on Jesus. And after that message, after we preached it, I've never gotten so much feedback in my entire life from a message. Just so many texts just pouring in, and all the feedback was absolutely terrible. Um, Last week, I stood here and I declared that the Dallas Cowboys would win the Super Bowl this year. Can I say this? North Point is full of trash talkers, okay? Y'all just can talk some trash. I was getting some texts like, how about them Cowboys now? It was 28 nothing. In the second quarter, I was like, that, that's messed up. Like, just cut it out. False prophet. I got text, false prophet. I got one text where someone said, as your penance, you need to get a Florida Lee tattooed right in the center of your forehead. But I'm telling you, kick a guy when he's down, right? So I'm here to publicly apologize. I'm sorry that I declared the Cowboys to be winners. So I just had to, I had to get that out of the way, okay? So let's get into the Word now. Y'all want to get in the Word? Let's do this. Luke 17, it's a great story of the ten lepers. And there were ten lepers that came to Jesus, and they wanted to be healed. So they come to Jesus the miracle worker, Jesus heal us, and Jesus does what he does. He healed the ten lepers. And Jesus said, go present yourself to the priest as clean, because that means if they got, uh, if they got the green light from the priest, they had their life back in society, back with their family, back into everything. So you can imagine they were hurrying off. They couldn't wait to go show themselves a priest and back to their life. All 10 of them, they're hurrying away. But one, one of them paused. One of them went back and said thank you to Jesus. One went back to the one who gave him life, the one that healed him to Jesus and said, Jesus, thank you. Think about that. One out of 10. And I want you to know that That is how it is. Thankfulness is not the norm in the society that we live in today. Here's the first point today if you're taking notes. Gratitude, it requires us to slow down. It requires us to slow down. Okay, years ago, a pastor and author by the name of John Mark Comer, he was leading this big old mega church, and he was just working so hard many crazy hours, and then gets addicted to his phone, and then his spirit is just really off, and he just felt like something was wrong with him. So his aha moment didn't come whenever he said, man, I got to have more time. I got to get more things done. No, his aha moment came when he said this. He said, I got to ruthlessly eliminate the hurry from my life. John Mark understood that hurry, it's incompatible with the love, joy, and peace that is right at the center of Jesus' vision of his life in the kingdom of Almighty God. You know, a lot of us pride ourselves in getting a lot done, right? Just going, 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 one thing to the next. Yet, think about this. If if a fast-paced life is the goal, why was Jesus never in a hurry? 
Think about Jesus's life. He had three years, three years to accomplish the greatest mission in the history of the world. Yet when you saw Jesus, he was never in a hurry. He was walking everywhere he went, making a difference in every situation that he was placed in. You know, John Mark Comer said in the book, Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, he said both sin and busyness have the exact same effect. They both cut off our connection with God, cut off our connection with other people, and cut off our connection to our own soul. The great Corrie ten Boom, she once said, if the devil can't make you sin, the devil will make you busy. The number one threat to people's spiritual life Friends, it's simply the thought and the feeling that you have a lack of time. People are just too busy to live emotionally and healthy and spiritually rich and vibrant lives. So, I mean, when someone asks you, how you doing? How you doing? How you doing? Usually the answer is, I'm doing great. I'm just really busy, right? And I want you to know there is a healthy kind of busy. In his book, he makes a clear distinction between busyness and working hard for the kingdom of Almighty God. Okay, we are created to work hard for Almighty God. We are created to get a lot of things done, to be present everywhere we go. But when we hurry, we hurry past the moments with our children. We hurry past the moments with our spouse. We hurry past the meaningful moments of being in a room because your mind is on the menial task and the things that you're just trying to get done, the things that are leisure and trivial pursuits That is the busyness, but God has called us to live a full life. Jesus got so much done. He lived a full life, and I want you to know this. To live well, to live in gratitude, it requires us to slow down. That's right, and our next point is gratitude is the gateway to joy. Gratitude is the gateway to joy. There is a book that I love. I read years ago, and it changed my life. It's by Ann Voskamp. Um, It's called A Thousand Gifts, A Dare to Live Fully Right Where You Are. Totally recommend. And I found it recently in my office, and I've been reading it again. And uh, just to tell you a little bit about the author, I love the way she writes. It, like, takes you to another place. She's a beautiful writer. But she's very relatable in some ways. Um, She's busy. She um, homeschools seven kids. She has seven kids. She homeschools them. And uh, so she knows what busyness is about. But like many of us, here she is balancing, trying to work through tragedies of her past while also balancing the day-to-day busyness of life. And she finds herself depleted and desperately in need of joy. And a friend of hers challenges her to write down a thousand things she's thankful for. That's like so daunting, but she was desperate. I don't know if you've ever been desperate before. And so she goes and buys a bunch of journals, keeps them all over the house, in her car, and she begins the discipline of writing down things she's thankful for. And she began to notice that she had to slow down to notice the blessings around her. And she also noticed that when she did slow down, she realized blessings really are everywhere. There's something that she um, she taught that is my favorite thing in her whole book, and it's her revelation that um, uh, Thanksgiving 
is the gateway to joy. Gratitude is the gateway to joy. But her particular revelation is all based on this one Greek word, eucharisteo. Would you say that after me? Eucharisteo. Eucharisteo. You sound so smart in here today with your original Greek in the house. Eucharisteo. So listen, when eucharisteo means to give thanks. When Jesus sat down for the Last Supper with his disciples and he takes the wine and the bread, the first thing he does is he gives thanks. And the word there is eucharisteo, give thanks. So listen, the root word of eucharisteo is charis. Would you say charis? Charis means grace or free gift. Okay, this is, this is why a lot of Christians call the meal, the, the, the prayer before a meal, saying grace, eucharisteo. This is also where we get Eucharist, which you and I know as communion from the Last Supper. But wait, there's more. So Jesus sees what's in front of him as a gift from God and gives thanks. But within charis is its derivative, kara. Everyone say kara. Kara means joy. So within Eucharisteo Thanksgiving, you find kara joy. Literally, joy is found within Thanksgiving. And literally, in Christ, joy is found within Thanksgiving. Gratitude is like the starting position. I don't know why, but I just I keep picturing people at the beginning of a race in their starting position. Gratitude is the starting position that launches you into joy. And, you know, we can test this out maybe sometimes when you're not feeling and you're not in the best mood. I don't know if anyone's ever been in a bad mood in here before. Okay, I have. I'll be an honest one, okay? My perspective's off. My mood is off. My attitude is wrong. I don't have joy. I can trace it back to one paramount reason. I'm not thankful in the moment. And at the same time, I can catch myself. I know I am off. Sarah is not fun to be around right now. I have the power to reset and choose to be grateful, to return to the starting position of gratitude, and gratitude will fix your attitude every single time. Come on, that's so good. Gratitude is the key to our joy. Another story in the Bible that I love, it's recorded in Luke uh, chapter 7, and it's the story of the sinful woman, but today we're going to call her the grateful woman, the thankful woman. Jesus, in this story, he's eating dinner and he's at, you know, a respected Pharisee's house, and they're all there eating this dinner, maybe a little dinner party, I don't know. And all of a sudden, there's a disruption. This woman walks in, and she's desperate. She has this bottle of perfume. She breaks it and pours it, this expensive perfume, over Jesus' feet. And then she begins to cry. She's really making a scene and takes her hair and washes the feet of Jesus. And everyone's around the table like, we're just eating dinner like well, you're making you're making a big disruption here what is going on I want to tell you this that gratitude and thankfulness it is a disruption because it's not the norm in the society we live in it's not the norm so she's there and Jesus doesn't condemn her Jesus doesn't make fun of her no Jesus uses her an example 
of how we are to be with Jesus. Jesus says this. He said, hey, guys, she has been forgiven much. Therefore, she loves much. In other words, she's been forgiven of a lot. So she is so, so thankful. You know, they're sitting at that table and all these maybe dignitaries, and they're sitting there, and they see it as a disruption, and they actually probably saw Jesus as just a man, Jesus as a teacher. But this woman, because she operated in gratitude, her eyes were open, and what she saw was Jesus, Savior, Messiah, Almighty God, because gratitude opens your eyes to the God that's around you. So our next point is this. Gratitude recognizes that God is in the room. You know, thankfulness makes now a sanctuary. Psalm 100 verse 4 says, we enter his gates with thanksgiving. So on the other hand, when we just blaze through life, we desecrate the moments with hurried ungratefulness. But when we slow down, when we give thanks, we're like Jacob in Genesis chapter 28 verse 16. Jacob's eyes were opened. Our eyes will be opened. And he was able to say this. We will be able to say this. Surely the Lord was in this place. And I didn't even know it. Jesus has been here the whole time. My son Doc is six years old. I just love him so much. But when he was just a little boy, he figured out that when, um, when I was putting on my shoes, that means that I was leaving the house. And he didn't like that very much. So whenever I would put my shoes on or start to put my shoes on, he'd just say, no, shoes off, daddy. Stay here, shoes off, snuggle, stay with me. He wanted to stay with his dad. And it reminds me of the story really of Moses. Moses talking to the burning bush, almighty God. And God says this to Moses. God says, Moses, take off your sandals for you are standing on holy ground. So think of that imagery just for a moment in a different maybe angle. God's saying, hey, take off your shoes. Don't rush off. Stay a little while. Stay with me in my presence. I want to be with you. The Bible says this in Psalm 46 and 10. Be still and know that I am God. Friends, God invites us to linger a little longer with him. I love the fact in Christianity, one of our Biggest requirements is God wants us to spend time with him. Does that dawn on you? The creator of the universe wants you to be in his presence. He wants you to invite him into your circumstances, into your situations. He wants to be with you. And when we come to him in gratitude, our eyes will be open. We will recognize that God is in the room. So good. Thank you, Jesus. And finally, gratitude is most powerful when life is painful. Gratitude is most powerful when life is painful. You know, we're talking about gratitude and you might think, well, you know, it's hard to be thankful when I don't even have what I need. I can't make ends meet. I can't pay the bills. Maybe your health is holding you back. It's maybe you feel lonely. Somehow or another, there is lack in your life. And so it's hard to feel thankful when you're facing lack. Yet, gratitude is most powerful when life is painful. There's a time um, during Jesus' earthly ministry where he was faced with lack. Jesus is looking out at over 
5,000 hungry people looking to him to feed them. And all Jesus has in his hands, if you've heard the story, you know, is five loaves of bread and two fish. Jesus, in the natural, does not have what it takes to get the job done. It's impossible. I don't know if you've ever felt like you don't have what it takes to get the job done. But listen to what Jesus does before he performs this incredible miracle, feeds 5,000 plus people. Before he does that, we find our new favorite Greek word, eucharisteo. Jesus took the bread and gave thanks. Friends, gratitude has the power to take our not enough and turn it into way more than enough. Gratitude is miracle-working power. It can take your lack, your not enough, and turn it into so much more than enough. And, okay, you might be thinking, well, okay, it's hard to be thankful when I'm hurting like this. Maybe you're going through the toughest time in your life. Maybe you've been battling darkness. Maybe you're grieving the loss of a loved one, and you're thinking, I've just got to survive this And then I can work on being grateful. But our message is that gratitude is most powerful when life is painful. One of the most painful moments of Jesus' earthly life was when his best friend Lazarus passed away. And we see Jesus standing outside of Lazarus' tomb. And the one instance in scripture where Jesus weeps is right here. Jesus is grieving. He's weeping. He's hurting. And here we find that same Greek word, eucharisteo. Standing outside of Lazarus' tomb, the Bible says Jesus gave thanks. He prayed to the Father and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. And in this moment, what began with gratitude, offering thanks, resulted in the greatest, wildest miracle of Jesus' earthly ministry, raising the dead to life. And Lazarus was raised to life. Listen, gratitude has the power to raise the dead things in your life to life once again. Gratitude has resurrection power. Be it your marriage, be it your, your emotional state, your perspective, your faith, your hope, whatever it is, gratitude has the power to bring it to life once again. Gratitude is attached to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Remember, the greatest event, the reason we're all here today with eternal life and faith in our hearts is because Jesus died and rose again. But it didn't begin there. We can back up to the Last Supper, the gratitude that happened at the table ultimately resulted in eternal life for all who would put their hope and trust in Jesus Gratitude is attached to our salvation, friends. Isn't saying yes to Jesus, surrendering to Jesus, basically saying, God, thank you for bearing my sin on the cross. Right. Gratitude is key. Gratitude is the gateway, the starting position that launches you into everything God has for you. It's the key to abiding in Jesus is remembering what he did. That's how the Last Supper holds the key to remaining in Christ. Because the key to remaining in Christ is remembering what he did. And remembering anything good anyone did for us is to be thankful. Gratitude really is the key to living well.
I love that. Gratitude is most powerful when life is painful. That's so true, but I don't want you to forget this. We can't make the mistake of forgetting that the Bible instructs us to pray for God to meet our needs. How many of you pray for God to meet your needs in this place? We all need to be praying for God to meet our needs. It's actually in 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. We are to pray without ceasing. Matthew 7, 7. Jesus said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Today is day 14 of our 21 days of prayer and fasting. These divine days, these miracle days. And during these 21 days, I pray that you are telling other people what your prayer request is, what you're asking God to answer your prayers in, for your breakthrough, for your promises, because I am believing that during these 21 days, God is going to answer some prayers. How many of you believe for some miracles during these 21 days? I'm believing for some miracles. So we petition God. We ask Almighty God every day. But when it comes to our thankfulness, just like Sarah just said, Our challenge today to you is this. Instead of saying, God, thank you, but I got to, God, thank you, but I need, we just simply say, thank you. Thank you, God. No strings attached. Thank you, God. No contingencies. Thank you, because God, you are more than enough. We are designed to live well by remaining in Jesus And we remain in Jesus by staying thankful. And thankfulness is the most powerful when we're going through painful times in our lives. You know, in 1978, there was a young man, and his name was Henry Smith. Henry Smith was just graduating seminary in college. And Henry Smith had this degenerative eye condition that would leave him ultimately blind. And he couldn't find a job. So in his life, he was struggling. He's about to go blind and he can't find a job, but he decided to go to church. I just want to, this is a side note. Friends, whenever you're struggling, whenever you don't know what to do, whenever you're confused, go to church. Okay, run to the house of God. Run to men and women of Almighty God that can give you the next step. Don't run to that thing that's left you high and dry so many different times. No, run to Almighty God. Side note. So he goes to church. And he's in Williamsburg, Virginia, and the pastor preaches a sermon. And in the sermon, the pastor says, Jesus made himself poor so that Jesus could make us rich through him. Well, it so changed Henry Smith's life that he went home and he was filled with with gratitude for Jesus. And he wrote this song, Give Thanks. So he comes back, and him and his wife begin singing that song at the church, maybe a couple other churches for a little while, but then the song kind of fizzles out, and and they forget about the song. But Henry didn't know it, but during that time, a U.S. military officer, he took the song to Europe, and a song producer, Don Moen, who's this big composer, he recorded the song. Get this, eight years after he had written this song Henry had forgotten about it didn't think anything was going to happen his friend brings a cassette to him he said hey dude I I got a cool song have you heard this puts the cassette tape in if you don't know what a cassette is ask your parents okay put the cassette tape in and 
They played the song. He said, you, you like this? He said, I like it. I wrote this song. That's my song. And he looked on the back of the cassette and it said, give thanks, author unknown. So he calls the people and says, hey, y'all recorded this song. That's my song. I, I wrote this song. They said, thank God that you called. We have been looking everywhere for you. And, and the rest is really history. That song has been sung all over the world. Multiple people recorded it. And millions and millions have been touched by this song, Give Thanks. My favorite part of the story, though, is, is Henry Smith. He wanted to go to Don Moen's concert, the guy that originally recorded his song. So Henry Smith and his wife, they go to this concert. Don doesn't even know they're in the audience. And while they're in there, sure enough, it happened. And they began to sing, give thanks. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ, His Son. And now... Let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. Because of what the Lord has done for us. And he's sitting in the audience. And tears begin to stream down his face. Because he understands you know what? Thankfulness really was the most powerful and the most painful moment of my life. That was when God stepped through. That's when I gave thanks to God. And I can live well no matter what life presents to me. Today, friends, if you're going through a struggle, today if you're in pain, if you don't know what to do, this is what I want to tell you. Turn your face to Jesus and you say, God, thank you. You are more than enough. And that will be the most powerful stance you can ever take. You will live well. You will live your divine design. The best is yet to come for your life. And God has great blessing after blessing for every single one of you. Today, I want you to stand to your feet and really the solemnness of this moment. And I just want to remind you, living well, living our divine design, it's living a life of gratitude. And gratitude means that we stop and we slow down and we make sure that we turn our face to Jesus. Gratitude is the key to unlocking the joy in your life. And when you're grateful, it opens your eyes to see that God has been there for you the entire time. And friends, Gratitude is the most powerful whenever you're in the stance and you're going through the greatest pain and through your greatest struggle. I want you to bow your head with me right now. And if you're comfortable, if you'll just lift your hands with me, that's a sign of surrender. And today we're gonna sing this song, Give Thanks. And all I want you to say is just thank you, Jesus. Say that with me right now. Say thank you, Jesus. No strings attached. Jesus, thank you. We're going to live well, and we're going to live our divine design. Come on, let's worship together. Thank you for listening. 
To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and share our podcast. For more content from NCC and how to get connected, visit ncc.team.